This is Clam Throne Bodge Class. Tour tip number one. Uh, when you tour overseas and you hire a van uh, or a car to drive around, I've always got the international driver's license. Not required, hey? No. Yeah, you just need your own driver's license. So don't waste like 40, 60 bucks, whatever it costs. How are you today, Ash? Very good. Where did that come cool. from, mate? Don't know, I was just thinking of it a minute ago for some reason. Glad you um, did. It was very interesting not to, not to worry about. Is that because you went to all the effort to get one? Uh, I've got them a it. couple of times overseas. For real? Also, not for tour. But, yeah, if you get pulled over, they don't ask for it. At the rental place, they don't ask for it. Not required. Parsi. Parsi? Just having a Parsi is pretty Definitely handy. passport and normal Australian driver's license. Mm. And in recently, we were in America. Uh, recently. And when you... Anytime you buy a drink anywhere, pretty much they have to ask for your ID. And they actually love the Australian driver's licenses because the um, your birth date of birth is right in the middle and really easy mm. to find. Very rare to find in other licenses. Well, that's pretty good. It sounds mm. like we've got a tour coming up, do we? Of another country? We do, yeah. So that was probably one reason why I thought about it because we will not require international driver's licenses even though we'll be renting a van. Scary driving in other countries, hey. Yeah, is it? Yeah, opposite side of the road. Opposite side of the road, and especially in some places in the world where the roads are a bit thinner and windier, miles per hour. Mm. I don't know, shit a brick, hey. Shizen bricken. Mm. Yeah, just I don't know, and anywhere in the world, like even if it's in Australia, it's kind of weird because it's unfamiliar territory. Yeah. Even over East, like we've got coming up January, we're going to be driving a little bit. And again, we'll be doing Adelaide to Melbourne Drive yeah. after a gig. So I don't that know. That was terrifying um, last time. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> I was so scared. This time it's summer, so I don't think it will be so misty or whatever it was yeah, like last time. Hopefully, fucking not. <laughs> but yeah, we'll just have to go the right way this time. You know, the worst thing about my life is that you come over, we have a chin wag for a solid hour, a couple of beers. Mm. Should have just been recording. Definitely. Pretty much just yeah. had a pod day. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't really like spending time with you unless we're recording what we're saying. Yeah. Because just anything I say, I'm like, fuck, that should be the podge. Yeah. Uh, a few times I did think of it. Although one of the topics that we haven't really uh, brought up today at very least. Oh, you know what? What? This little sucker here. Yeah. Put your beer right on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Move that. Free table. Drinking the uh, Wild Yak Pacific Ale, which is pretty delicious, I've got to say. It is good. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely good. I always thought Wild Yak was a bit overrated, but this is <clears throat> quite a nice drop. Yeah, Andy, I got it for hope something you like it. a bit different. Mm. So, you're about to say something really prophetic. Yeah, mate. <laughs> now, what it was is that you are getting new gear again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again. You've been doing some research? It was a while ago. Mm-hmm. I've stopped a little bit, but I do have money now because I've sold a lot of the things in my house that I don't use or don't really require going forward mm-hmm. due to practicality reasons or whatever. So now I have a budget to buy shit, which was something I thought I would never have when selling things didn't really cross my mind. And I remember why I hate selling things because as soon as you put things on eBay or Facebook or whatever, people just start trying to barter with you. Yeah, it's the worst. And like, I've already dropped the price of all of them because they're in pretty ratty condition. 
but people still try and push it a bit. That's the trick though, is you account for, let's say something's worth 300 bucks, I'd advertise it for 350. Yeah. Even though you're like, yeah, it's in pretty ratty condition, but look, if you're going to put it up there for 350, someone's going to try to get it for two, yeah. 250. That's right, to a two or whatever one anyway. But regardless, have sold heaps of shit and have, yeah, a couple grand mm. plus now to spend. So very keen on a new guitar because I just am not really happy with any of my guitars. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't even know what it is, but they're not quite cutting the mustard. And I always have in the past have sort of settled for the cheaper guitar because mm. I don't really have the money for it. And I still don't have the money for it except that I've just sold all this shit. So I might as well do it properly. And also amp-wise, as we've talked about on this podge many a times, about uh, my struggles and options and my Kemper is now sold so I'll be doing a full circle back to tubes but go on the mini version which is something that I can tool with and fit easy on hand luggage look into any mini heads not since we've been for a bit of a um, squiz in the guitar shops Uh, but we'll be sticking with yeah PV or EVH of some sort the EVH sounded fucking pretty sick hey it did um it did yeah so it's just yeah hopefully i mean if someone gets that new one in stock with a bit of um clean tone to it as well yeah could that be might pretty be cool. the one it might be the one that being said the one we played in cosmic as well was pretty awesome yeah surprisingly that was a the was white one, one um don't know not a so there's a 6505 there's a classic one and then there's another just PV mini whatever that was but yeah. I was I was actually shocked by the tone that came out of that because it had the gain boost button on it reasonably high gain before the gain boost eh? yeah um, because we took a pedal along to give it that boost which was not even required Valve King That's yeah it, eh? oh, was it Valve King? I think it was Valve King yeah that looks about right yeah so, man um, yeah I enjoyed that yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely... I haven't looked again into um, the new AVH one, but it is on the to-do list. And I will do it pretty soon as well because we've got yeah, that's gigs it. coming up in like a month. Gain boost. Yep, yeah. Yeah, so there's a few of them allegedly cuming to town, the mm-hmm. 6505 Mini, which I'd actually think it's worth trying. Yeah. Um, and I think one Palo Cotrail has used or had one before and i think he also had an evh mini and that is the lbx two i guess it is the one we tried a, a one. Oh yeah yeah we tried the one and the one had sick pretty sick tone man it did yeah. i was very impressed with it but no clean channel and i think it has switching but what's the point if it's a crunch channel well, there was um there was a bit too much stuff on the back rather than the front <laughs> which was annoying me yeah yeah, true. And I guess once you set it up, though, set forget. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that resonance knob, the power switches are on the back. Yeah. But that's not too bad, is no, it's, it? It's not, not a deciding factor, obviously. And if it's just a live rig, because will you keep onto that tube man? To what about it? I'll will probably keep it. I probably will it. keep it, yeah. So well, that's oh. for practicing <laughs> and recording at home. Pretty sick and back up. On the road? Maybe a backup on the road. Yeah. So you're not happy But what would I need it? a backup for? There you think? go. 
I, I agree. Yeah, so maybe I'll so just maybe sell, you it. sell it. Okay, cool. I think it's awesome for what it is, but um, I reckon this little motherfucker know. is pretty sick, man. Yeah. If that sounds as good as the other one, and the clean tone's reasonable, and because you can, you've got separate volumes, and you've got separate gains. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty sick, man. And then yeah, obviously the PV had all the right shit as well. So basically. Just whatever works for tone. The only thing is with this is you can't really demo with it because you'd need this is with the EVH because you can't turn the speaker off. It doesn't right. have a load box, whereas the PV does. So you can mm. power soak it. But hey, you've got a metal zone pedal. You would be surprised. I know people out there think it's the worst pedal on earth, but if you just run the gain at about like 12, 1 o'clock and have your all of your um, EQ settings at about 11 o'clock. Pretty much sick tone straight into an impulse response or cabinet sim on a computer. Yeah. Right. It's pretty beefy like, I guess like maybe Marshall-esque tone maybe. Heavy, ballsy. Mm. It's a real trick. So you could just have that at home, plug into that sucker, have an impulse response. That's one pedal I've kept, preset. the metal zone. It's sick, man. I've got one as well. And yeah, highly underrated. Yeah, pedal. The tube man's been pretty good for what it's done for me and got me by the last sort of six months or something. And mm. even um, at home, playing with it sort of sounds shit. I think just jamming doesn't quite have the gain that I need. But then tracking a demo, uh, left and right guitar sounds pretty pretty beefy when it goes through. Um, but that's with no calcium. No cab sim. Yeah. No metal zone. Nothing. Just straight through there. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, like, flog oh, on the, the tube, man. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of that. And yeah. you could use just the metal zone. Oh, right. Yeah. We'll do it. I'll show you after I would this love poch. to hear about that. Yeah. yeah, man. I'll fucking show you right up. Okay. Yeah. I'm in for demoing, <clears> though. <throat> Whatever. It gives a rats. So you could use a amp sim. Yeah. Just plug straight into your focus right. Perfect. I can't remember what the tube band was worth. Maybe five hundred or something. Yeah, something like that. Mm. Man, it's pretty sweet. I'd, I'd probably. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty handy to have, and the way that the guy used it from Jethro Tull of all bands, yeah, was he had some Fender amp, and I think that would have been verging on breakup, and then he kicked the tube band in, so that's that's why it's higher yeah. gain. Whereas, like, because you're running it direct into a cab, you don't really have that extra gain boost. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, mm. whatever. So that's pretty cool, pretty exciting. Uh, and I'm thinking so I'll probably go into some old shop in Perth rather than buy shit online, I guess. Do it old school. Do it old school and probably buy a guitar and amp at the same time. Yep. Try and get a deal. I think so, yeah. And go to whatever place has the best stock, reward them for having good shit in their store and also, mm. you know, nice people working there, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. When we went on our little hunt furious hunt it was mike hunt <laughs> it was good i haven't done that in ages just walked Same. into a store and i can't remember the last out. time i went in a music store let yeah. alone playing something yeah yeah no it was very interesting brought some pedals in with us and fucked mm. around a bit so yeah pretty pretty cool and yeah some interesting guitars out there quality of guitars has just generally declined hey mm. like the stuff you find on the walls at music shops were it's like entry-level models but now they're charging pro prices for those i don't know 
I was magnetized towards the Jacksons for some reason, which I've never owned before, mm. but just have some sudden boner for them and enjoyed giving them a thrash. Good yeah. choice for me or no? Man, uh, well, I played that Jackson as well and I thought it was pretty good. Like it felt comfortable, had, I mean, you like EMGs. It had all the right things that you like out of a guitar and I guess playing into one of these smaller heads, if you've got high output pickups, it probably gives it a bit of a gain boost as well. Yeah. So it saves you from having a tube screamer potentially. Yeah. Whereas like for me, I, I prefer like um, lower output pickups, but then I may or may not use less gain than you. And also if I use a clean boost when recording, that gives it a bit of a gain, but it's, I don't know, it's weird. Yep. I play a lot cleaner, whereas live, I, I imagine you want a bit more gain. I don't know. That's your style. I always want more gain, but yeah, whether it's actually required or not, I don't know. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> but it's a little helping hand, a bit of sustain and mm. a bit of stuff, whatever. Yeah, so I anyway. uh, should do that pretty soon. Maybe next weekend, pop in somewhere. Oh, fuck that. Really? Maybe. Wow. Because I'm thinking we should probably jam soon. Oh, it's getting to that time. Yeah. And I'd like to be jamming with what I'm going to be using. Your rig. Yeah. You might have to make the most out of it. Those stores and oh, we definitely need to get them getting some shit in. Yeah. They said around Christmas, I think. Yeah. Probably not yet, but yeah. we'll see how we go. Yeah, it's a shame that like we hadn't tried out some of this crap the actual stuff like the things we went out there to try they weren't in stock yeah otherwise yeah you probably could score a bug on off the internet and have it in by now but mm. yeah so i was looking at drum fucking hardware not hardware what's it called cases and stuff oh yeah so i want to do that for the next tour but i think i'm going to do it for the next international tour and what's it going to be i've looked at an skb 14 inch floor tom bag mm-hmm. uh, case and then that that's padded and is a hard shell case so put a snare at the bottom of that and then have some kind of a um partition in it and then have my pedals and if i bring them my truggers on top of that by the way i found that trigger i thought i left it in fucking japan oh, okay. i found it yeah the one that you didn't use one i didn't use didn't yeah. want to use in japan i love playing with no trigger it's mm. the best so yeah, probably have everything in one and then have a cymbal case and then a bit of a rolling vocal with my cymbal case, hard case, because yeah, I cracked two cymbals on two. Yeah. It's highly likely it was because my shitty fucking soft case that's over there. Just Where's get... your signed cymbal? Uh, I think it's in the case. In the... So your tour luggage then will be not including, well, a backpack or something. Backpack carry-on. Yep. Rolling cymbal case. Yep. Check-in. And, and a floor tom yep. case. With kicks and with maybe truckers. And yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty good. Yep. But I guess it's essentially one less piece. One less piece. And then extra easy things to transport them all with. Yep. And then the floor tom case doesn't have wheels, which is a bit of a shame. Mm. But I'm thinking someone getting I mean, uh, well I could do, but I just judging by what you guys did and yeah. it fucked it up. What I'm thinking is uh, I've looked in some mini trolleys and we at Claim of Throne love trolleys and yeah, if I could fit that maybe 
gaffer it to one of the bags or something for flight or fit it in my carry-on or something that'd be pretty sweet mm. just a real shitty one that just will work so then i can roll just roll both of them yeah that'd be cool all right where do you get all that from online do you reckon definitely online for because now. the S S K skb 14 inch tom case is um these making you gassy a little bit gassy yeah yeah so that's it you've seen yep. it before i do believe that dom I from dark before. half had one oh that ah. actually is a lot cheaper maybe i will get it from australia holy shit balls oh fuck 200 bucks 200 bucks there you go still seems a bit pricey but yeah 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 it does I was looking before. That's very interesting because I was looking on eBay and the exact same thing was like $600. Mm. So I was looking at getting it from Europa and also the symbol case is about 229 I believe as well. Mm-hmm. But that's fucking crazy. That's a lot cheaper. Macron Music. I wonder if that's a decent place. Yeah. Whoa. Is it the brand or what? 730 bucks. Shit, a brick. Fuck off, hey. Anyway, I looked into coffin cases as well and I remember why we didn't get them the first time and that's because they don't ship to Australia from the actual guy who makes them. Right. And they're pretty affordable on there. Okay. There is a distributor in Australia who charges a frigging arm and a leg for them, man. It's ridiculous. Like what? Grand. Um, I can't even remember what they're called. I, I type in coffin case, but maybe three guitar case. Because that is the, the hard thing when two guitarists traveling on a tour, you take one guitar each. You can't really take a third guitar. No. And so... They, and make, it, they make it two, by the way. Okay. But um, because Dyson has a giant guitar and you're likely going back to a Strat style one, right? Yeah. Well, yeah triple row case and that's why i don't want to get a floyd rose or anything like that or evernote even look at that if i snap a string on on stage as a seven string guitar player ever screwed evernote (laughs) sorry but that's so cool it is cool yeah that's super cool yeah yeah so So there are three guitars in one case what would that way be like well the case itself is ultra light really so maybe 40 to 50 kilos oh no i don't reckon man so it's 480 pounds buying it from the dude mm. as a double guitar case, right? And so, yeah, obviously different thicknesses. So I guess for basses or for um, bigger guitars, dimensions, I'm pretty sure they're light. So your guitar, your Explorer style guitar is about 10 kilos, right? With yeah, case. Yeah. You could pretty much say that that's, that's 10, Dyson's is 10. Yeah. And then Spare. the case would be five. Oh, this okay. is if you're only using a double. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's an aluminium case. Mm. So it's pretty light compared to those other suckers. Okay. So two guitars in a case, 25 kilos. Yeah, but the problem is from... So we'd have to almost buy one when we're in uh, the UK mm-hmm. or get someone we know over there to buy it for us because that's about a thousand bucks and then ship it to us. Whereas the guy in Australia, like, oh God... 
Scott Dixon Price. Why buy a Scott Dixon case? Shut Why? up. Crossroad guitars. Scott Dixon cases. Oh my lord, they're so expensive here, eh? Oh, maybe they're not. I know these cases are not cheap. A triple row will set you back twelve hundred and fifty bucks. Holy shit balls. Oh, actually, maybe that's not... That's for a triple one. Oh, okay. For so a triple, it's, yeah. It's less bad then. So maybe 800 bucks. Does he do then. doubles? 1,200. Perth band miles away. No shit. Huh. Um, yeah. So look, it's expensive, but the fact that you can wheel them around, they're mm. super light and they're, they're like the size of the guitar and nothing more. I think okay. it's actually pretty cool, man. Yeah, right. But yeah, up to you. And how much are we ever going to be traveling again? I mean, yeah, prioritizing stuff, it's hard to justify, I guess. Like that's a molded, yeah, pretty sick case. That's probably a better one for the bass I've got. Yeah. Um, you'd be right with something like that. Probably cost you 250 mm. And then again, the other thing is that we often don't fly from the same place at the same time. True. So it's hard Someone to... Someone will get stuck with it, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's something to look um, into, a molded case. Also for packing a van, yeah. uh, if you have an extra big one piece, would that be harder to pack than three or two small ones? <laughs> Those things are going to be smaller and easier to pack than the giant cases you guys currently have. Yeah. Those fucking massive things. Because <laughs> at least they're a triangle, so at the headstock, they're quite thin. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I do understand. Mm. But I mean, man, yours would fit in something about that big. Yeah. Wouldn't be too crazy. Mm. So. Anyway. Anyway, enough of that yeah. shit. What else have you been doing? Keep thinking about it. Uh, what else have I been doing? Not a whole lot. Writing some new songs, I guess. Some How's podcasting. Yes, it's all right. I like that we've just kept writing after mm. a new album's out and not had a break for like 18 months and then tried to start writing again. So there's just about, you know, well, in terms of only purely what I've been doing with Jesse is like a good half an hour's worth of music already. Plus I've got a few other ideas. God knows what you've been up to. So we've I've probably... Been up to nothing, eh? Either way, I don't really want to have another album that goes for 60 minutes. Me just neither. quietly so we're mm. probably not far off having enough music for an album really? if we really wanted wow i've heard two of the things you guys have done mm. probably been sent more but just been um not too busy never too busy watch too much netflix to say i'm too busy oh, yeah but sometimes but you gotta just do can't that be fucked. yeah yeah i really can't but i've been practicing a lot of drums lately for the purpose of writing mm. so my contribution to the band is to be a more interesting drummer next time <laughs> Yeah, you know, cool, good contribution. I would say once our January tour is done, Probably start hit it. mate taking that shit seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just tracked guitars today mm. for Jesse's little two-song, whatever the hell it is, EP or something, and did a whole song in a few hours from scratch and yeah, you know, learning partially, learning some of the riffs and stuff, and it's like. I know Claim the Thrones usually a deeper dive into the world of riffery and stuff, but man, if the songs aren't that crazy and we're not doing 60 minutes of music, mm. it's pretty feasible that we could knock something out a lot quicker than the last album. I think so. Oh, definitely quicker than the last one. Yeah. 
That was a four-year gap. Probably not necessary. No. But, I mean, even just the recording the album took a long time. Yeah. And in terms of um, because it was the first real proper mix, oh, well, fuck, I've mixed stuff before, but, like, being a Claim of Throne mix and being pretty anal about it and wanting to make it sound good for everyone, so you'll hire me again. <laughs> yeah. Um, you hired. That took a bit longer than I would have liked. But I think learning from that is that we will know exactly what to get. Look, if your fucking 20-watt PV mini head is giving a sweet tone, I'll just be going with that. Yeah. Stuff like that instead of this leaving it all the decisions until the fucking last mm. moment stuff. Just getting shit done. Yep. I think now that that album is out of the way... Personally, I'm probably more open to experimenting with whatever and trying different styled albums with less songs or different styled songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, like was trying to get that album done for quite a while. Like even, you know, Triumph and Beyond was okay and Fortune Flame was pretty good. But then now like we've got quite a few albums and it was like we're three albums away from Ale Tales now. <laughs> which is pretty good so yeah. so now we can shit. try some other shit i guess and I'm, I'm pretty happy that i've got all of that thrashy and folky ridiculous craziness out of my system a little bit and see what mm. what the, the new day brings that's so funny to hear you say that because i feel like that mm. um because i joined on front and beyond great experience awesome fun really cool playing that style of music for the first time on recording that was awesome but yeah, listening back to it, and I've said this on the podcast a billion friggin' times, but I will say it one more time. The Dyson said, yeah, I think you guys can do better because he had just joined the band at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's really good, but I think you guys can do better. And I'm like, excuse <laughs> me, that, motherfucker. Good. No, he said that to me. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? We can't do better <laughs> than this. This is the best thing that I've ever been a part of. And yeah, give it six months, have a listen again and go like, oh my God, I don't know if there's a lot of substance on this album. You know, like it was mm. cool and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then Forging Flame had a lot of substance, but, you know, my production efforts were pretty shit. Oh, come on. And also a lot of music, like a lot of killer and a lot of filler on that album, I reckon, mm. just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you. Desolate Plains is just a sigh of relief. Like we got it out in our own way. We got all of, um, all of the styles we were trying to cover in the previous two i think we nailed them and yeah yeah everything sort of sits real good and it came out great yeah and even uh, just an example would be our mate jim who plays bass always wants to have well the last couple of albums he's always said you know the most intense brutal song that we've got that starts with a bang that should be the first song on the album Mm -hmm. i've just never really been ready for it but now i'm happy to try Mm. something like that or whatever um now that we've got a, a couple out where I'm pretty happy with them, their albums and they are what they are. And if people want to hear that sort of thing, they can check it out now. But yeah, now can try different things. Pretty, pretty content with what we've got out already. Had a pretty good experience last night. Someone from Belgium ordered our album. Mm-hmm. So I sent a message to say thanks. And he also joined our mailing list. And I also said thanks. And then I sent him a download link to Bandcamp because it'll probably take a week and a half or more to get to him, mm. which is obviously a downfall of posting CDs these, day, these days. But anyway, he was stoked. He was like, now I can listen to this at work while I'm waiting for the CD to come. 
And then he sent a message in the middle of the night, which is probably the middle of the day there, saying, what a great album, powerful and exhilarating. You're one of the reasons, along with Bellacore, Meridian and Arborinth, why I think Australian metal scene is the best one. Hmm. The gods of metal have turned their back on Scandinavia and now pointing towards Australia. I'll raise some <laughs> beers to you tonight. Cheers. That's pretty cool. So getting messages like, all right, that's the claim and throw an email address that now works. Um, <laughs> shit. That's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. And I will say this. I usually listen the fuck out of any album I've been a part of, any recording, until months after it's done right, just to check up on it. And um, a few times I've got, I bought new headphones on Thursday because mm. uh, mine died. So I got some new ones and they're pretty noise cancelling, very overhyped in the bass. But I enjoy that because my last ones had no bass. So I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder what our album sounds like on these things. Started listening to some song and then just didn't stop listening to it again. Mm. So not sick of it. I don't listen to it every fucking month even but yeah it is interesting to listen back to something and go like yeah okay i'm pretty pretty happy with that yeah happy with it it's done now and uh we'll see oh, what we can so good that come up done. with next and i'm excited for the future and yeah from the way the new songs sound pretty much nothing like anything we've done before really mm. i would say i mean a little bit perhaps um but in a different way and I think a lot of it's going to be written by Jessie, if mm. if I'm not mistaken. It seems like that way. She's really quick with it. I don't have time to keep up with that sort of shit. It takes me four years to write songs. Are you overwriting? No, not over it. But I also don't push it if I'm not feeling Feel it. Or right. if I have a couple of ideas and it just doesn't translate into a song, then I just l let it go through to the keeper, mm. as <laughs> Razor Ray would say. <laughs> Um, and so and so, if she's pumping them out and they're all good, then I'm cool with it. You know, just like go with what's working at the mm. time. I think what is cool about that is contributing in that manner. Because yeah, I'm overriding for really? sure. Yeah, at the moment, fucking for sure. And I want to return, like I said earlier, to you know play my role as drummer better. You know, and I mm. think that's something that on Fortune Flame, I didn't practice drums enough and I was unhappy with my performance because I was so focused on recording. Then fast forward three years, I did a lot of writing and a lot of focusing on recording again. But again, I wasn't soaked with the drumming on it. Like it's, it's good. It's fine. It's whatever. Whereas this time it's like, okay, I'm confident enough that, you know, hey, we've got an hour of music on the last motherfucker. If if it is just Jesse and partial Cabba doing it, if, if I join in, it's going to be 60 minutes again. Mm. So fuck that. I'm very confident with the recording and how it's going to go. So that's going to be fine. So yeah, focus completely on drums, get better. Some of the shit I've been doing, man, pulling out the old books and just playing through it and realizing, oh, I haven't been able to actually physically pull this off in five years. You know, just shit like that. And it's not, we're not talking about fast stuff. We're just talking about like brain teasing, weird drum stuff. So what I'm looking forward to, cut a long story in goddamn half, is I guess contributing to the songs, not only as a drummer, but 
you know, okay, that riff's cool or whatever, but how about um, how about just in this part of it, just a little bit of a something, you know? Yeah. Just a little bit of salt and pepper. Yeah. That's probably what I we like haven't that. had time to really do before. Yeah. Because we've got 12 songs. Totally. Yeah. I we like did that a little too. bit of it on the last album. Yeah, we, we did. And I that thought was it was fun. awesome, but yeah. we, we had too much shit to, to do that too. Yeah. I think. Um, so, you know, it, let's say we've got four songs that all go for 10 minutes each. Hmm. That's an album. Four songs. We can do that sort of thing pretty easily without Easy. getting over it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that could be pretty cool. And, yeah, I mean, also in terms of the writing thing, we have like done that the last few albums where like we try and get one to two songs from every band member onto it and it has that bit of a mishmash feel maybe. So leaving it to one or two or, you know, the salt and pepper of people could make it sound a bit more flowing and consistent rolling vocal, you know? <laughs> You know, what would be cool is let's pretend let's pretend the skeletons of the four songs are Jesse mm-hmm. and then all this, like, 90% of the salt and peppering is Cabba, Cabba guitar interpretation of that shit, right? And then there's just a little bit of other members just doing a little piss, seasoning. piss on the fire, oh, a bit yeah. of seasoning, yeah. A bit of Cajun, Cajun. Mm-hmm. Nando sauce. Definitely extra hot. Yeah. And then that is an album and that's, that is what it is. It's 40 minutes long. It's some fucking, I'm guessing basically just a piano solo for 40 minutes. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Next album, Cabba's seeds are just swelling and you're just hungry for the thrash. Mm. And then you just happen to write fucking five, six minute songs or something. And then that's another album. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it could be pretty cool that like, if we have, yeah, people, you know, multiple writers, whatever, but it's more like multiple moods of writing. Yeah. You know, we could have like an album that just has a Jesse mood and an album that has a Cabba mood. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Even it's, it's we were talking cool about Saw Work earlier as you were showing me the Nuclear Blast 20 Years Anniversary album, all mm. written by Peter Witches on guitar with guest vocals. So <laughs> that even brings me to someone like Saw Work who have an album every single year and they are always different you know and you lo- people like the early stuff because it's thrashy and whatever but then you know, they sort of members these members they come and they go and you know and each album sort of does have a different feel and some of them are the, the, the bit new medley and some are like way too much clean vocal thing and then some are out of nowhere all of a sudden they have an album that's really thrashy Balls again the and then back to mellow or whatever mm. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a bad thing for a band. I mean, personally, as a Saw Work fan, it's probably too much for me. I can't keep up with it and I just want to know about the good albums. But but what if, what if know. this is the idea? Hmm. So an album every year, fuck, it would be pretty close to that, wouldn't it? What's that? An album every year for them. Yeah. Or an album every yeah, totally. 18 months, right? Probably. So how about an album every two or three years and they mm. just condense the good shit? And yeah, I mean, just get a good a, album. As a fan, I'd probably prefer that. But yeah. at the same time, like if they're musicians and they're like hungry to write shit and they're pumping it out, why mm. the fuck stop? Why, you know, mm. like just for some fans like me, who really gives a fuck? Just yeah, yeah. keep writing shit. But then the problem is when they, because also they're a heavily touring band, mm-hmm. what do they play? Like when you've got 12 albums or <laughs> I don't know how many albums they've got now, but yeah, how the fuck do you pick a set list and you can't please everyone? 
So, you know, you come to play at the Rosemount Hotel in Perth and you have a 60-minute set if you're lucky. You can't impress me and also old mate next to me who wants to hear all of Stabbing the Drama, which I don't want to hear any of of. Mm. So I don't know how they do that. But again, it gives a fuck. Like, as long as they're happy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's usually the plight of super Megadeths and Metallicas and stuff mm. like that who have to deal with having all these albums and stuff. Whereas like... But yeah. they get to play a two-hour set, you know, and they, they can yeah. they can be clever about the way they structure their set list. Mm. And put as little as possible from the last 10 years <laughs> in. Whereas someone like Tool who waits 10 years to even put an album out. But, you know, they'll put out an album when it's ready and Everyone people will forget that it's it. even been that long. Maybe they'll bitch about it. I don't mm. know. Maybe it'll be really good. Uh, don't know where this is going, but right. five-minute break to do a piss and get a beer. Absolutely. Prick, prick. And we're back. Oh, and we're black. And yeah. I do enjoy Album of the Week because I just like talking about music. Me too, man. I'm sick of talking about ourselves sometimes. So it's good. Can I reiterate for the 400th fucking time? Remember at the start of last year when I had that Excel spreadsheet going of all the merch and oh, CDs yeah. I bought? Of course. Yeah. Got the best thing that's ever happened on the Planet Throne <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Got and uh, I have kept up my merch buying, by the way. So I've, you know, Purchased a number of t-shirts mostly over the last 12 months or probably 18 months since then. But the CD sales, goddamn, I oh, bought a Manigam CD shirt combo the other day. Uh, didn't want the CD, but it came with the shirt, so whatever. <laughs> and um, that's the first CD I've bought in a long time. It wouldn't surprise me if it was since early 20 friggin' 16 mm. because Apple Music is just roasting me balls, hey? <laughs> like anything you want. So I'm listening to this interview, Peter Witch's blah, 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 Roadrunner All-Stars, what's it called? Nuclear Blast All-Stars? Straight up, listening to it straight away. Yeah. Listening to an interview with Chris Broderick, Act of Defiance, straight away. You know, what show like, did you listen to that interview on, by the way? Man, do you know the band God Forbid? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, I know. Um, what's his name? The X-Man. Oh, no, nah, actually, Doc I'm thinking of someone else. His name's Doc Coyle. Okay. What's he, his deal? He is, his podcast is called The X-Man, and he's an ex-member of a band that previously was touring and he was earning money off it. Yeah. And he gets all ex-members of bands on there. And I listened to one or two of them really early on. One from the Devil Driver guy, some guitarist from Devil Driver and the singer of Chimera mm. because my friend Owen Thomas put me onto it, said it was interesting. So I checked it out. Doc Coyle annoys the crud out of me, but when he's doing his interviews, it's pretty good. Um, he often talks a lot of shit at the start. But Just like us, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And um, yeah, again, Owen said something recently. Said something was good. I can't remember. I listened to it. And then I listened to a whole bunch of the newer ones. Man, it's a fucking great podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, hearing into the eyes and ears of a guy who was in Megadeth and what the touring life was and why he left and that sort of thing is quite an interesting insight. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, name dropping bands and stuff. And I, again, DRI, that someone yeah, mentioned yeah. DRI. So I was just like straight Fresh out listening to, yeah, <laughs> listening to DRI. So yeah, it's the coolest thing, man. I love it so much. All right. I haven't listened to this much music it. in years. What have you been listening to? So, what's your album of the week? Uh, you go first. 
Uh, I'll go with uh, Choke Smoke and Tailpipe Action. Oh. <laughs> because I did get a bit excited because um, over here in Perth, they've just announced the comeback of Slayfest, whatever that is that used to happen probably before I was 18. Yeah. I and so they've got Slayfest. something happening with a whole bunch of old bands from the Perth metal scene doing reunion gigs that have broken up for many, many years and they're back all playing shows. But one of those is Choke, who was... Is this a fucking... N- is this announced? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. It is, it is. And yeah, Choke's probably the one of the, one of the first Perth metal bands that I got into after I realised there was more to just Carnival. And <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that album a lot back in the day. And so I just chucked it on again. And it's just as good as I remember. Uh, and it's hard to believe that it comes from people like Brad Dicey and Gav, who we're friends with these days. And to think that they made an album like that, however many years ago, 20 years ago, mm. it's pretty cool. So excited to see him play again. And aside from that, Onto real music, I've been listening to Insomnium again a lot, and I've had their album Winter's Gate as oh, my wow. album of the week a few times, but still cranking it heaps and yeah. starting to go back a little bit into their back catalogue, which, again, a band I've never really enjoyed that much for some fucking reason, but now I'm enjoying it thoroughly. So still Winter's Gate or a new uh, album? Oh, sorry, I'll still go, with, album. still go with Winter's Gate. I think that's well, it's definitely my favourite <laughs> one of theirs still, but... um. Shadows of the Dying Sun or something is their one before that, which is pretty cool Mm. for what it is. Uh, Yeah, a good listen if you're in the mood for it. Is it more melodic death or more doomy-ish or a bit of Mm. both? (laughs) Don't know. What would you call Bellacore? Kind of like that. Okay. Less proggy, I guess, if you would even call Bellacore proggy, but that sort of style of stuff, I guess. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I so don't know what sort that is. of like melodic death without being thrash. Yeah. So you know, not not like a haunted or dark ain or something. Not that sort of melodic death, but mm-hmm. death metal that is not death metal. If you know what I mean, like melodic mm. version of that. Um, pretty cool vocals. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The end. Yeah. Okay. Mine is finally the new Winter Sun. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that's a coincidence that that's on screen. But yeah, yeah, this uh, Forest Seasons. Haven't we been through this? Uh, we Don't know. Don't know. I don't think from me, from I you, you were talking about I, it. I can't like, wait to hear more, more about it. Hey, Because <laughs> I, honestly, I have not listened to this, I don't think, since getting back from Japan. Oh, and really? I know that I should have, especially for um, well, Eternal Darkness. Well, it was your Darkness. album of the week quite a few times, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Heaps of times. Yeah. And not always for good reasons. Yeah, yeah. But eventually yeah. it was for good reasons. Yeah. It's one of those, it's like a sleeper album for me. So, yeah, got it in fucking Sweden. That's when the download became available. It was already shitty because it was being released as a CD. So that pissed me off before I even yeah. had it. Yeah. Um, Listen to it through laptop speakers. Bad idea. A real bad idea. Thought it was okay, but just thought it was rushed. I obviously spoke on this podcast. So this is what we've spoken about when it's been the album of the week before. Not even about the music, just about how it was all done. Yeah. And I I did say, look, you know, it just sounds like an album that they wrote in a hurry. Then go on tour with them and 
listen to, you know, Battle Against Time and, I mean, not Battle Against Time, Winter Madness and shit yeah, yeah. for like a week straight, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. And then these songs were peppered throughout the set and then they started growing on me and hearing them as a full band, hearing them live, started really kicking in. And the first night, man, watching Eternal Darkness, the epic black metal song for like ages the highlight of the night every night oh my god was it hey it essentially like let's say 75 percent of the way through that song it kicks into a i guess a i don't know what do you call that i don't even know just a just a riff just a repetitive i love that like every night no matter where me and you were like in the venue out of the venue in the shitter anywhere like we would know that song's about to come on and we would find each other to watch yeah. it and then we'd go our separate ways again 15 minutes later <laughs> six days in a row hey? yeah. or you know six times in a row yeah fuck yeah man that's so cool and it forced me to listen to it on the plane with decent headphones yeah and then once i did that i went oh, okay i was very hasty about this and yeah it's definitely different to first winter sun album which is fucking awesome and thrashy and the best but time was like that for me it took a while to grow but uh this for me definitely eclipses time for sure and um yeah stands toe to toe with some other shit so man pretty stoked about it especially eternal darkness i reckon everyone should grab or listen to that yep absolutely man and yeah definitely seeing it live like brings a whole new meaning to the recording recorded version Mm, mm. and the riffs and that's what i was getting at with salt peppering is like things on this like obviously every band i get influenced by but yeah having them do some drawn out stuff and then you hear how they put licks in the rhythm guitars i think that's the coolest thing about the bands i like most like winter sun and um necrophagus and stuff like that is they'll have just these little cool licks within their rhythm parts I think we need to do more of that. My my yep. approach to doing a riff is doing a chord progression and just strumming constantly as kind of boring. So, yeah, it's a fucking lesson in there. It's I mean even seeing a band like Winterson who started with that thrashy album that you mentioned and then now this is them. So, comparing that to ourselves, who knows what this album might be, a similar mm. comparison. And four just, songs yeah and i think time was maybe five was it four or five well i think it was technically but it pretty much was three yeah yeah um and the first one was more sort of traditional like maybe what eight or nine maybe but just four or five minute songs yeah yeah still very excited for time two if it happens yeah even more so now Mm. yeah i wonder if people are starting to have this grow on them just like me you know, the bitching, whinging yeah. internet fuckheads. <laughs> like, as much as I suppose I've talked about it on a podcast, but, you know, like, how could you go on Winter Sun's Facebook page and just <laughs> tell them their shit? Yeah. Like, who does that, hey? <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, I mean, it's a good good sign for them. I mean, obviously people are giving them shit, but they feel that strongly about that band to do something like that. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're really making an impact to people. Do you ever think the listening public are just fucking assholes? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Short you know, answer. You know how much time being in a band and you 
put all this time into shit and then some fucking yeah dirty disgusting cheese or eating piece of shit who's beaten off to fucking i don't know some shit their own asshole mm. you know and they're the ones telling you all snotty nose that you're totally, shit yeah man like imagine writing a novel for your first album and people <laughs> going you can't write for shit i'm like well compare it to your book cunt yeah, yeah. But, um <laughs> I was thinking about something recently. Just, it's it's funny you say that. I'm trying to be positive, more positive these days about the whole thing because I think it's funny. People that's are positive. pouring their whole lives into this shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Even I'm sitting on this podcast giving shit to Soil Work for making a crap yeah. album, but honestly, come on, like they're they're nailing it. Like they're they're writing so much music and recording it and dominating the fucking world. So should be um, happy for them, even if it's not my taste or whatever. But even locally, like, I feel like I should just be more happy for local bands when they start achieving some sort of success or they, like, just start touring a bit or getting cool gigs and, and stuff. And I think there's a lot of negative stuff out there where, you know, you, you see these bands and you're like, how the fuck did they get that to <laughs> They don't deserve that. Bad, yeah, bad, yeah. Bad. But they're putting so much time and effort and passion and shit into these things, so... Yeah, I think going forward, my album of the week is just to be more positive and encouraging and happy for other musicians. And in fairness to you, and I think even myself, I'd lump in with this. I've never heard you say, why do they get this shit and why blah, blah, blah. One, because you know how this shit works. Mm. And we've got on stuff that people say the same thing about us for. But um, yeah, I have had a conversation with you before, like oh, this, this particular band... Not my style of band, not my sort of thing. But fuck, it's awesome that they're actually doing it because you know what? I'm at home watching frigging Netflix and yeah. talking about how I can't be fucked writing. I don't want to jam. Yeah, I'm practicing drums, but you would never get me out of the house mm -hmm. to actually play on a kit. Sitting in someone's backyard giving shit to this band that is doing exactly what we wish we were doing yeah, at that exact yeah. time. Like you, you've always been very... Um, Put, like you would always push that and just say, listen, if anyone was to bitch about someone, you would always be the one to pull them up and say, yeah, at least they're fucking doing something good. Mm. Like, And I, I totally agree. And that's a good attitude to have because there are a lot of, on the other side of the scale, bands that just don't release albums and just don't, you know, they might play a gig every single week, but they're not putting anything out. And, you know, even if they were cool at first, if you can't go and listen to their music at home, it's like, I don't, I don't want to have to go out to see this band yeah. every week or something like that. And then they wonder why, look, they've a lot of touring is about touring on a product and selling and God knows we could not come back with any sort of even breaking even money yeah. without CDs to sell and without merch to sell. And if you just don't do all of the, the above, then who's going to put you on a <laughs> bill with them? you know so it's all the proactive bands that are willing to book their own shit that also are proactive enough to write songs and record them design merch totally be yeah. active on facebook and shit it's easy yeah easy for us or whoever to sit behind the computer and laugh at how shit their songs are or whatever but yeah like you say at least they're fucking putting in the hard yards and it's not like even if you write a shit song it takes time to do that and to <laughs> yeah. to teach it to five different band members and get everyone motivated and excited about this shit song that you've written 
it's it's not something easy you can just like whack up and start getting all these wicked tours. So, but <laughs> yeah, but that's also not to say that bands that are touring have shit songs. <laughs> no, you know it's what I mean. usually the bands with crappy songs that don't actually record them or go go and do stuff as well. Yeah, and it's it goes down the line, man. I've learned a lot about songwriting in my life, and I figured out that the more and more I learn about songwriting, the more and more I learn my songs are shit. <laughs> you know, I write shit songs, and it's just to ever ever-progressing thing that, you know, the 10,000-hour rule about yeah, learning something, right? Well, yeah, okay, so you, you got really good at fucking guitar or something, right, or really great at drums, but have you written 10,000 hours worth of music? Hmm. You know, that's a whole nother skill unto itself. And then having a support team like like doing that and contributing and stuff like that, like, fuck, man, that's, the odds are impossible of actually writing a good song, you know? It's hard and, well, even us, I mean, we've just cracked the 10-year mark, which is 10,000 hours, I guess, essentially. Yeah, of Whatever being it is. a fucking slack bunch of pricks. But, like, <laughs> man, it's hard because after 10 years, like, almost inclined to just start ramping down and not worrying about it so much anymore. But, in fact, it's the opposite. And, like, now thinking maybe we could still be successful because now we've got 10,000 hours under our belt. We could get good now. <laughs> whatever anyway what song yeah. are we playing uh, I don't know man choke anal vineyard <laughs> done sweet <laughs> bye <laughs> Like first